Welcome to Reimagine Success. We're a husband and wife team that want the most out of life. Most people don't stop to celebrate their successes enough. This causes burnout, stress, anxiety, and can even lead to health issues. It's our mission to encourage people to realize all the good things in their lives. We share knowledge that encourages, motivates, and inspires you to live your best life by changing the way we all view success. Together we can figure out what it truly means to live our best lives. Welcome, Welcome to, to Season 3 of Reimagine Success. Welcome to season three of Reimagine Success. And we are counting down just a couple more yeah. episodes. I Holy moly. I believe that we have, you guys, seriously, this has been three seasons of Reimagine Success. Yeah. And if you haven't tuned in last week, make sure you tune in because we dropped some bomb information. Yeah. About the future of this podcast, where it's going, what's coming next. And yeah. uh everything that's happening. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode mm -hmm. if you haven't uh, and get ready for big things coming. Yeah, it dropped on the 30th. So go back to last week, last Thursday and listen to that episode because it's really exciting stuff. Yeah, you can hear that literally everywhere that you get your podcast or you can go over to patreon.com slash creative global and watch the video episode of it and get to see us acting goofy like always <laughs> because we're just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> see our silly faces. Yes. Uh, so we are really excited because we uh, are in 50 countries worldwide. Mm -hmm. And we are so thankful for all of you for joining in and listening every single week. We're so grateful for you. And hopefully things that have happened on this on this podcast has resonated with you. And if they have, head over to Reimagine Success Pod on any social media platform and let us know your favorite episode. Yeah. And with that, we've got a fantastic guest today that we're super excited about. Randy Reinschild is the owner of Rhino Computer Services. He's a skilled technician with over two decades of experience in the IT field. He specializes in providing on-site IT support to his clients at their homes or small offices, ensuring that everything works correctly before he ever leaves. Before starting Rhino Computer Services in 2005, Randy worked at Home Depot for nine years and then a startup retail business called Decor in Atlanta, as well as starting a computer-based franchise locally in Gainesville, Georgia. He's a U.S. Army veteran and takes pride in building close relationships with his clients. With a commitment to serving his community, Randy is passionate about providing exceptional and personalized IT services to his clients. In addition to his technical skills, Randy's also a talented jazz trumpet player and can be found playing locally a couple nights a month. He's also a proud owner of a 35-foot sailboat and enjoys sailing whenever he's not working. Randy's a devoted father of two daughters who live here in Gainesville. And when you have IT issues, call the Rhino to give them the horn. So, Randy, welcome to the podcast. Welcome We're so podcast. happy to have you on. Good morning, guys. How are you all doing? Good doing morning. absolutely wonderful. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast because now... We know you as Rhino Computer Services. We know what you do, and we know you firsthand, of course. But now we can actually dive a little bit into your story, your history, and your and your 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 experiences. So let's yeah. dive in. Let let us know a little bit about your background, your story. I know you worked with Home Depot. Um, what's been your journey like? Your career journey like? Well, I think it's one of those uh, career journeys that. People will sometimes set out to a journey of a very specific type of career, 
mine kind of found me because mm-hmm. I was in retail for like with Home Depot, as we said, for about nine years running different departments. And then a startup hired me and then 9-11 happened, found myself out of a job. Mm. And my father-in-law and I decided to get into a franchise that didn't work out really well. So I just turned it into Rhino Computer Services and started serving my clients. So right at 2001, I got into the computer field with a franchise. And um, 2005, after we figured that didn't work, I started subcontracting with a big company in town. And they mandatorily said, you need to get an LLC, get your own company started, which scared the heck out of me (laughs) at the time, because it was like, you know, worrying about yourself and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. I had two young kids at that time. And so it was a handful. Yeah. And um, things worked out really well as uh, just moved forward doing, doing what I'm doing. I mean, just helping people with computers. And, and a lot of times people ask, you know, what, what's a good way to say what you do? And I say, well, everybody in the office somewhere says, hey, who do you know comes out to your house and fixes your computers or get your TVs online or make wireless work better than AT&T or all those <laughs> big companies who kind of just set it up and leave you? Yeah. And that's where I really have done my word of mouth advertising work until now. I have never done any of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, which That's actually why I'm excited with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's excited. It's fun. So um, Randy actually is part of the Creative Global family. Yeah. He we we represent him as his marketing directors, and it's really cool to get to go into somebody's business who hasn't done any advertising mm-hmm. and kind of work with them behind the scenes and figure out all the ins and outs of everything and and get the good word out about yeah. everything that he's doing. You know, and it's really cool because we're helping you really build your aesthetics, build your voice as a company. Right. And, and, you know, you, you already have amazing customer service, amazing mm-hmm. reviews, oh, yeah. you've been in business for a while. So now it's just really getting your, the word out there about you and, and taking that to the next level. And we're so excited it, it's only the beginning yeah well it's been really great i've really enjoyed you guys because i've been doing business for 20 years and it's nice having quote new blood come in and kind of <laughs> like hey man we're really excited about this we can pitch this or we can go this way or what's mm-hmm. and i've not had you know being your own boss and your own employee yep. mm-hmm. i don't have other people that basically say hey what we need to do is this now or hey it'd be great to do that yeah. And so that's where it's been fantastic having you guys do something that I really don't like to do. And that's self-promotion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who does? Who likes self-promotion? No one. I know. Really it always does. feels so uncomfortable. It's like, okay, let me write a bio about myself, about myself. Ah. Hey, everybody, look at me. Look, look at, at me. me. Look- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the it's- tough thing for me, definitely. Yeah. I really have a hard time with saying, hey, I'm good at whatever. But the same respects I want, you know, people's trust when they're having me come in. And then usually a lot of times I build these relationships based on they have kids, right? And mm-hmm. so we start talking about kids Well, I click and click and click and yeah, I can do two things at once. Yeah. But, um, and then after a while, it's really funny for a period of time, there was a lot of people I helped and all of a sudden I didn't hear from them for like four years. And guess what? Their kids grew up in technology. So they did yeah. everything. And then all of a sudden I'll get a call back and they'll say, well, Jim or Kathy, they're in college now. So I really could. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the home users typically yeah. is where yep. that comes from. 
Yep. Let, I want to go back really fast to what we kind of talked about a little bit or what you actually mentioned earlier. So in 2011, you were, or two, sorry, two, uh, 2005, 2000, no, 2001. When, when was 911? Oh yeah. 2001. There you go. Hey. 2001. <laughs> Were you born in Jesse? Yeah, nine. Okay, that's right. So anyway, um, back then you you were having an amazing career at Home Depot. You were in corporate, and when everything stopped, what was that like for you? What did you feel unsure? Did you feel like this oh, is a new scary. chapter? Yeah, because I really, after walking on concrete for nine years, hauling tile and paint and running those departments and yep. designing kitchen cabinets, I was a, what they call a. a later a kitchen cabinet uh install coordinator so i was handling like six kitchens being installed at the same time which wow. meant i had like six wives you know tell me yeah. what wasn't done <laughs> what, what needs to happen <laughs> and i knew that i didn't want to be in a in a field where i was walking around on concrete anymore for a while yeah. you know when one of the things my mom gave me was flat feet. So it's mm. hard on the knees. And so it, it was kind of like, what am I going to do next? And my father-in-law, who was an airline pilot, was in the computer back when he had, you had like, I don't know, 10 or 15 of those five and a quarter inch discs for, that was your hard drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and he was writing basic stupid programs, you know, yeah. just for his, his daughters to play with. So he was in computers back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, PC started coming out. De Michael Dell decided, I'm going to do a PC thing. Yeah. Where it was cheaper to buy one than it was to make one. Mm. Yeah. And so that's how we kind of got into it was he's like, we need to come up with a way where this our, both of our families can have an income. He was getting close to retirement. And he realized that with his granddaughters, which my kids were probably seven and eight or so, when all of a sudden I was unemployed. You know, yeah. Um, that it's gotta was be scary. It's gotta be scary. Oh, man. But it looks like, I mean, look at you now. You, um, you went from being uneasy about something and the economy and life to now owning your own business, creating a team, creating a community, setting your own hours, having yeah. the freedom to well, do. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, because I never had that prior to 01. And at first, it, you know, as a lot of new owners will tell you, uh, it's scary as heck because there's a part of you that wants to go play, but you really can't, right? Yeah. Right. Now all of a sudden you have freedom and you have to remember that freedom comes with responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was the first time where in my life where I didn't have, hey, I'm getting paid every other Friday. Yeah. It yeah. was, you get paid when you got paid, you tried to figure out how much do I put away to pay the bills and how much can I take the family out for dinner? And I mean, it was, it was a lot of renegotiating, mm -hmm. you know, at, you know, I was right at, I guess I would have to say I was right about 40 years old when all this went down. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's a big change. Yeah. And contract work is so much different than corporate work. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, you know, there's no certainty of, you know, as long as I put in my 40 hours, I'm going to get this amount of money and I know I can budget that and everything's fine. No contract work is if I don't work yeah. this week, well, I don't... My, my bank account's going to stay exactly where it's at. Actually, yeah. it's going to go down because I'm going to be spending money you know, on food and gas and bills and all that stuff. So well, I got to get out there and hustle. I always say for me, every one week vacation is like two weeks of boss wages because you're paying the same things you always pay every week, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're not earning. Mm 
-hmm. So it's almost like a two week differential. And so, yeah, you really have to plan for those things. Yeah. And uh, here we go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure you had to teach yourself all of this. I mean, you haven't had a business before you, mm-hmm. before you, you were able to get a steady paycheck. So how did you learn how to uh, go into being your own boss? Yeah. That whole entrepreneurial mindset. It was, I think it was really based on survival. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, you don't, I didn't do a lot of things for me. I did things with the kids. So their first couple of vacations that we would normally would have called family vacations. I stayed and worked and I sent them to Florida for a week. Oh, wow. That was the only way we could do it. And, yeah. and, and um, so I did that for a long time and probably, mm, I think it was probably 15 years or so before I felt like I could leave my business for a week because there's nobody else doing it but me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can't say, well, Jim's going to call you and I'm out of town. You know, I shut my down my business down for a week other than being on the phone call and doing remote work with somebody if that works. But, you know, when they have a computer go down, they want to see me in the office pretty soon to fix it. So it I just it was survival. You just you just learn how to do because um, it's like being a parent for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's instruction books on doing it. But until you not really, (laughs) but you have no idea until you get in there. Not until you drink from the cup do you really yeah. know what yeah. it's really like because we have all these emotional aspects to it mm-hmm. from the inside as well as from the outside. And there's expectations set from clients. There's expectations spe- uh, expected from family. Mm-hmm. And I think that just shapes it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn how to do it. Um, unless you have an enormous amount of income sitting in the bank when you go to start it, that's how you do it. Yeah. So speak real quick up to people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs because a lot of people you know they they're like ah yes i can own my own business i can make my own schedule mm-hmm. i can do my own thing but clearly you know that's that's not the the picture that it uh, i mean that's the picture we like to paint but right. i mean that's not the reality of it it's uh, you're going to be working long hours you're going to be you know struggling sometimes you're going to be nervous is in your opinion as somebody who's been doing this for 20 years, if you could go back and say, I'm going to do it all over, what would you do differently? Or would you do anything differently? Would you take it the same path that you went on this time? Well, I think, um, and it's not really trying to uh, boost you guys, but I wish you guys were there earlier, like in the first couple of years. Um, Because what you guys do and joined up with me as this team is you guys set these things and you guys are doing things that either don't have any interest to do because it's Mm self-promoting or I don't have the experience to do. I am not one who is a content writer. You guys are doing a great job. I'm not one who builds the graphics. You guys do build. So all that stuff that could have been branding my company with more and creating more loyalty, so to speak, earlier would have been a lot more helpful than me doing what I've been doing. Now, granted, it's worked pretty well to put mm-hmm. kids through college and so forth. However, I probably could have retired earlier, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but anyhow, no, I think- I'm sure having... with Creative Global, you would be retired. Oh, you'd be <laughs> yeah. sitting cushy now. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the point is having, even though I'm by myself, it would have been nice to have somebody like you guys to kind of work the aspect of my business that 
I either don't have an interest in or don't mm-hmm. have the experience in or both. Right. Well, I think and that a lot of people, a lot of people are realizing that we've realized that we, re- uh, well, yeah. Randy, I was in a very similar boat as you in 2009, I actually started my own business, creative global, and it was just me for years and years and years and years and years. 2021, really? Right. When I came along. Yeah. In, in 2020, yeah. very similar as you, 2020, the pandemic happened. All my yeah. events stopped, you know, Coca-Cola, Delta, Gold Peak Tea, McDonald's, all of these companies had to stop all of their events. Right. And they were also doing a rebranding and a revisualization at the same time. You know, so 2020, I had to close my doors and had to figure out what I was going to be doing as a company. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesse came on board around that same time. I was able to just like slow down and stop. And I I know you guys have heard this story so many times on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but I just want to (coughs) re-emphasize that this is such a, a lot of times we look at um, at stoppings and, and different things like that as, as failures or, um, or is something negative when in reality, it can be a huge blessing mm-hmm. if you bring it on the right way. Yeah. And so well, that's true. What was really cool is that Melissa learned that having a team built mm-hmm. around her made her so much more productive. And I feel like you're learning that too. Now we've got a team effort going. It's not just you. Yeah. You're the one that's out there fixing the computers. You're going and doing the calls and everything, but you know that we've got your back no matter what yeah. you need. We're just a phone call away. And having that team aspect really can help a business grow so much more than yeah. just somebody trying to do it by themselves. Well, that's very true. And I think, you know, Garth Brooks wrote that great song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where he's praying, he wish he had that one girlfriend that in high school that didn't work out. Meanwhile, he's married to this person who he's so thankful that he's with. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing like what you were saying, Melissa, is like all of a sudden the door gets slammed in your face and you're kind of like, wait a minute, this was my goal. This was my dream. What's mm-hmm. up? And then next thing you know, something shows up X amount of years later known as Jesse. And now life <laughs> is much better than it. Could have been mm-hmm. if that goal would have progressed the way it was going. So I think I think we run through a lot of that in life, and I think it's how you handle it, you know. And right now, one of my favorite sayings is because yes, my both my daughters are in, in great jobs. I've got a great sailboat. I've got a great music life. I've got great friends. And if I complain to myself, I once in a while will say, excuse me, while I move my pot of gold, it's really heavy. (laughs) My way of putting perspective on the list of we always wish things were a little better, wish business was better. We wish friendships sometimes were better. Vacations were better. But you have to remember what you do have and be thankful and grateful for what's going on. So I think there's a lot of that involved with what you were talking about. You know, yes, that closed off. I had to re assess what I wanted to do in life, but at the same respects, what am I better at than what I was doing? And I'm just using the wrong way. Yes, absolutely. And you know, in life, that's what makes pivotal moments. And that's what actually defines our experiences. Because at the end of the day, we're here for experiences. We're here as a collective. We're here to guide each other and to help each other. Um, It's just 
forming your tribe, to be honest, forming your, forming your community and, and forming people that actually have your back and love you. And That's when right. you lead your life out of love and out of gratitude and everything that you're thankful for, then everything in life is just going to become so much clearer. And then you're going to get opportunities that you never even knew existed. Exactly. And I have a friend of mine that even says, I don't know how you manifest your life. You wanted a big sailboat. You got a deal out of the center. I mean, I picked up my sailboat for 10,000 bucks. And it was just because I happened. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And I, there's a lot of other things I can go back to that are kind of more on the personal level. And they always say, I say, I don't know. I just think it'd be great to have this. And then I walk away from that. I don't sit down and like go into this huge prayer moment or anything wild and crazy. It's just that, you know, I sometimes think that would be awesome. And next thing I know, boom, you know, and that's happening in May was mm -hmm. one of my favorite places on the planet is going to this little tiny island called Calabra, Puerto Rico. It's 17 miles east of their quote big island, Puerto Rico. And there's no brand restaurants. There's no brand hotels, anything. And I always thought, man, it'd be great to come back here in a sailboat like this couple I saw that dropped anchor and was off the coast and come on board and say, hey, where's a great place to eat? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there like, man, I got to do that. So yeah. in May, that's what we're doing. We're renting a 44-foot sailboat, Ooh. me and a, a buddy and his wife, and I'll be capturing that over and hanging out in Claybor for like six nights. So Nice. It's really well, if cool. you need another couple, we know somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I've never uh, done sailing before, but I'm willing to try. <laughs> yeah, well. Actually, um, I was on California and I did a lot of sailing. And and when I was young, um, when I, about 18, I guess, I was on a yeah. sailboat almost every weekend after really? work. Yes. Um, a lot of times we used the motor. It was a smaller sailboat with just one little bedroom. But um, well, a lot of times we used the motor and pittered out, you know. But yeah. there was a lot of times where we had a, a decent amount of wind and we would get up and get get that sailboat going. But we also had a jet ski attached to the back of it. <laughs> so that was my bread and butter right there. Oh, this girl <laughs> loves to jet ski. I tell you what. Yeah. Well, did you make it to Catalina Island sailing? I did. I did actually. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's really beautiful over there. Absolutely. I wasn't sailing that one. Someone was chartering that one, but it's, it's so beautiful over in Cali when you get yeah. out on the water. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we need to get you guys out on my boat. Yes. Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're down. very excited we're to do that. I consider myself a mermaid. So. The, the weather is, <laughs> has been getting warmer. It's getting perfect. We're, we're getting out there. Yeah. 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 So well, let's, Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the struggles that you've had over your life with with Rhino Computer Services since 2005. Um, let's talk about the struggles and then also how did you correct those struggles? Well, the struggles I've had were typically the fact where, you know, you kick back when life is going really well. We all do that. Yeah. And there's times where business is just coming in. You're like okay, looks like things are going great. And then all of a sudden you go by a week and it's like, well, let me call my cell phone just to make sure it is in fact. <laughs> uh, and I think there's just times where as far as correcting those things or something, a lot of it's just having faith in what you do and, and your clients, they'll call when they need you. And, and sometimes you're just hammered, you know, and there's times where I'm work, I'm out because I go to people's homes and business. I don't have an office where people drop anything by. Mm -hmm. And so I'll pick things up and come home and work at night. And then 
take their machines back to them the next day, et cetera. And then I'll go by with the following week. It's like, yeah, I should have went to Florida this week, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think the biggest thing is the hardest thing is to realize you look at your cyclical behavior of your business and it doesn't always line up year to year. But I think a lot of it is just having faith that things are going to come back around, right? Mm-hmm. And if if that cyclical business line is not working, you've got to get other people involved to help market and so forth. And there's a lot of things I wasn't paying attention to prior to meeting you guys, and that was branding. Like, mm-hmm. you know, someone sees an insignia or a logo or what is your catchphrase, things like that. I didn't have a I didn't have that elevator speech as to what I did other than, hey, I'm the guy you call when, you know, you're at you're your having house issues. You wanna, that's it. Yeah. And that was it. And um, so I think that's the struggle is knowing when to get someone involved. Like I said, had I run into you guys five years ago, would have been great because what happened five years ago was one of the biggest downturns for me. One, I uh, well, was a little over six, but um I got divorced, and at the same time, the company I was subcontracting for um, closed their brick and mortar business down. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of walk-in business, so there would be they would call me up and say, "Hey, we got three machines in here that need to be looked at." I would go in and I could bill them appropriately for those two or three machines that might be in, and that was accountable for X amount of dollars a week that just was vacant. there. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, it was there vaporized. and then it was gone. Yeah, it was as steady mm-hmm. as it could be for 10 years. And it just all of a sudden they said, we're going fully remote. We're closing our brick and mortar down. And when that happened, I didn't realize how much that was going to affect me. But at the same time, I was no longer paying for the wife who was a full time artist. And it's funny. It's as you need things, God provides. And, and when you don't, apparently he takes away. But um, <laughs> as I, as my kids had graduated, they were in college and they were doing well. And it just, it was a down major downturn for me, but I was able to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you really come into the faith of what you're doing. You get it, you get out and try to network more, et cetera. And obviously through networking more, I ran into you guys. So, yeah, (laughs) but there was, there was a lot of struggle going on in that first four or five years. And it Mm. was not easy. And it was like no vacations. And it was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it to the end of the week. And, you know, that's normal business. And man, I'm saying that's 16 years into mine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a huge business plan change. Because what you had squared away was a good base. All of a sudden, you start losing close to 700 a week. And it was overnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel you there, Randy. Because <laughs> seriously, I was working for these huge companies. I didn't even have to have a social media presence. I barely had to have a website. It was all word of mouth. Coca-Cola would talk to Delta, would talk to McDonald's with, yeah, I mean, each, each of these marketing departments would be like, you have to go with Melissa, you know, with CGE, you have to go with her. Like she will take care yeah. of your entire event. 
And so I didn't have to worry about anything. And once I got in, it was just like, they just kept calling and calling and calling. And, and I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry. It was just, I I knew that the money would be there. I could take a month off work and say, no, I'm not available this month. I'll be back next month. And (laughs) I would be back. And, you know, that was my life for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden it all just disappeared. It just, so, you know, my 2001 911 was your 2020 COVID. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, it's an eye opener. And yeah. then you end up mm-hmm. at whatever age you are. I was, you know, reinventing myself at 55. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way that whole thing went. It just, you can't explain it. Somehow you come out the other side. And, you know, my stepdad labeled me as a survivor. And, I kind of believe that as I look back now, I didn't think of it much back when I was a kid, but you know, that's what you end up doing is just, yeah. you know, I yeah. didn't go to a major college or anything like that. I went to the army band. for three yeah. years. So, you know, uh, that age responsibility wasn't my thing. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit because you are a fantastic jazz trumpet player. Yeah. Uh, I've got the privilege to see you play a couple times and uh, man, you just, you tear it up. Your whole band is outstanding at, at well, the guys that I saw with you that night, yeah. uh, I know you play with a bunch of different people. So right. talk to, talk a little bit about your musical history and what you do with that. Well, I was just like every other kid in seventh grade and pick an instrument. And mm-hmm. so I ended up strangely enough being attached to the trumpet and played through high school and by the time I was in high school, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And my buddy <laughs> was, and I were talking and he goes, so what are those guys in the army uniforms in the other room doing in the course room? And he said, well, they're here to audition me for the army band. Why don't you go audition? You can always tell them no. And I said, well, you know, worst case scenario is right. So I went and auditioned and recruiter hit me up and had me take what they like to say is the ASVAB test, which is trying to find out if you're dumb or smart. <laughs> the guy was, my recruiter was really upset. He's like, man, I can get you in, into uh, um, nuclear this, and I can get you into electronic that. And the one thing I didn't listen to, I should have, because this is 1980, because I can get you into computers. Oh, man. <laughs> and, oh. oh, my God, I could have Boy, would your life have been different. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no, I'm play- you know, I want to go play the, play my, uh, play my horn for three years in the army and I'll figure out what life is all about. And I'll know what I want to do when I turn 21. And, um, man, I mean, it was fun. I mean, I had to go through basic like everybody else. And then I went to six months of music school up in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm. And then I went to Fort Polk, which is not a great base, but the duty was great. We had a group like Chicago that went to high schools. And so there was like 10 of us on a Greyhound bus Mm. touring yeah, cool. And I'll leave cool. a, what's, what, what happens on the bus and then in, the, in that era. <laughs> right, there. right. And then, uh, my last duty station, Melissa will probably love to hear, is was Monterey, California. I Ooh. was in there driving a 72 Super Beetle with a hand crank sunroof playing volleyball Ooh. almost oh, every Oh, yes. I've been to Monterey. It's gorgeous. <laughs> so that was life until 21. And I moved back home and met my now ex-wife. And after four years, we got married and I didn't have a career. I went and got a business degree, but I didn't have anything passionate about anything. So I got Mm -hmm. into retail like everybody else who can't figure out what to do. And you go through the training of that. But the music side of things, I just kept playing. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was to me, it's like a different language. I can look at a shitty music and I can see where the melody's going by the music. I just kept playing forever. Mm-hmm. And um, next thing I know, I'm in Gainesville and I'm playing with a friend down at our local place, Luna's. And he once a, once a month would say, let's do a jam. You bring your friends in and we'll play. And so I did that. And then one day the owner said, I don't want him anymore. I want you to run the jam once a month. And I was like, uh, well, I'm a trumpet player. I don't play chords for everybody else to be able to do stuff. I got to hire people (laughs) to do that. And so you're going to have to pay me more than you were paying him. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's now been 15 years ago. And now I have studio musicians as my trio. And I have friends that I've known for a long time in the music business. And they're ex-military retired musicians that come in mm-hmm. and play. And a lot, some of them are professors. So, I mean, it's just every walk of life, these guys that have been playing music like me, and now we have an outlet locally. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I was playing in big bands in Atlanta. Um, I was playing just like, as you would say, like Tommy Dorsey bands or Buble type bands. I was, yeah. I was doing that for five years until I got tired of driving to Woodstock for rehearsals, which is here is a nightmare. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So, you know, by the time I got divorced, I said, I just had too much going on and I shut down everything and just kept the jazz jam going. So, mm-hmm. and then now I've got a second one that's, as Jesse knows, where he hangs out a bit. Does that break? Yeah. Yeah. So and that's actually, got- it's cool. It's cool. Cause that's how we connected yeah. uh, initially was uh, we were at a networking event and we had just started doing some work for breakwater grill, booking their live music mm-hmm. and doing some event stuff for them. And uh, we got to talking about your jazz music and it turned into, well, we're going to start doing jazz yeah. on every third Friday at breakwater. And that's been going unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's funny so because, because it, and I'll be really honest about this. When I first started playing at breakwater, uh, the attendance was abysmal. Um, there was nobody <laughs> coming. And this has been back in October mm-hmm. of last year. And wow. it's, it's been a slow process building little by little by little. Yeah. And now uh, when we have our uh, live music on Saturday nights, it's pretty full in there every night. Good. Um, and it's it, fun. It, yes. Everyone's having a great time. But, but even before those numbers got good, you came in and did a jazz night and just packed the house. Everybody yeah. was there. And like... It's like jazz in this area is a huge hit and you do it so incredibly well. Your band just crushes your keyboard player blew me away. Your drummer is one of the most controlled drummers I've ever heard in my life. He was, he was going off and it was still so quiet and so like appropriate for the room space. And just (laughs) let me go back to the keyboard player. He was doing a complicated bass line in his left hand, running that and just soloing like crazy in his right hand and i'm just sitting there with my jaw dropped open yeah watching these guys kill it and then you come in with the trumpet and a great guitar player as well don't let me forget about him yeah uh, just beautiful melodies and solos and just and then you bring in singers and it's so much fun and everybody always has a great time so it's really cool to see that you know like all you guys who have done this stuff for your whole lives and, you know, you you just are passionate about it and you're not letting the fact that you're not, you know, a full time musician get in the way of you just getting out and having a good time and, and enjoying performing, because that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. One of the biggest things I especially with the jazz jams, what I've always 
tried to do because you go into Atlanta and some of the jazz jams, they're like what we call cutting sessions. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's playing and then the rhythm section starts playing alternate chords and jazz, which gets really complicated. So what you're hearing doesn't sound right. And their idea is let's see if we can cut this guy out of the, out of the clan. It's kind of a competitive thing they might mm-hmm. do. And that was the least, I ever wanted to get into mine was, Hey, I want to create this uh, safe sandbox for everybody to play in with an incredible supporting staff to where they don't have to worry about other people getting lost in the music Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that any singer that walks in can sing and call key. And these guys, you know, it's crazy. I've got singers that come in and they don't know what key they sing something in. And my piano players like, We'll start singing in like three notes. Okay, she's an E flat. All right. <laughs> then we play we play the tune for them. Mm-hmm. And they usually do a marvelous job on top. And it, that's what's the fun part. It's the spontaneity of music, as we yes. all know. Yeah. When it gets too canned, it's, it's too canned. And um, n- nowadays with this type of thing, it allows everybody to come in and play and not feel like, you know, if I screw up playing my stuff today on my on my solos or whatever, I'm not getting cut out of my gig. I'm just here having fun. Yeah. And that's what we really want to do. And the people that show up are like, dang, this is great. You know, you guys just come in and have fun. And I think that's what's transposed from what we're in, in what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it makes a huge difference when you that is your life. And that is your job. And that is your career. Yes, you have fun, but you you do lose a little bit of that mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Now it's yeah. you're doing the same thing. You're you know, you rehearse, you you right. practice and now you go out and you have fun doing it. But now it's a show. It's a job. Yes. It's a career. Right. Whereas you and Jesse, you know, yeah. Jesse, Jesse's a classically trained cellist. He's done music his entire life since he was three years old. And he absolutely loves it. And he crushes it every single performance, you know, but at the same time he gets so much joy from other things in life as well and so music doesn't necessarily have to be taken away from it can enhance his life and when he goes out he actually has fun he enjoys it he's passionate about it because that joy isn't lost yeah i don't have to spend every day thinking well if i don't play a show this week then you know just like you know, being a business owner, well, I'm not going to get paid. So, you know, I get to do music when I want to do music on my terms and I get to continue to, you know, enjoy my dreams and my, my passions without having to obsess over it. Exactly. And that was, I think if I could look back about the music career, that was one thing I really established was, I mean, we, they had us doing like playing for physical exercises. They bring the band out and the whole company's doing this, they just decided on certain days they were going to do their PTs. They called it physical training at 6 a.m. And it's the whole company and they want the band out there playing them for them. Well, those oh. guys get out of bed and show up. We got to go get the horns and we're out there even mm-hmm. earlier. And so doing the gigs, like everything from that to playing for passing reviews to playing gigs and performances like we did. We ran 1812 in a, in a, in their in the football stadium they had we put up four by four posts found actual church bells and they were using their 40 millimeter howitzers to run the ending of 1812 oh my god yeah and i loved all of that but at the same respect i said to myself 
man, I know after playing music as a career in three short years that this is not what I want to do the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I love it as a hobby, but as a primary, it's just, it, it, it takes the joy, as you were saying earlier, it takes the joy away from it because now I've got it, you know, you're thinking very linear about it instead right. of so expansive. And that's the hardest thing with my business. If I have a lot of clients on Friday before our jazz jam, I got to change gears from yes. being that linear thinker. Now we're going to be on the creative. So right brain, left yep. brain yes. are always at battle. Jesse, you know that. Battle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like, now I got to be creative in a different way, but nonlinear. <laughs> no, and and I totally get what you mean. Uh, we had uh, some guys on the podcast that we're really good friends with, named uh, Tanner and Peyton. They're in a band called Rags and Riches, and they're just blowing up right they now. They're crazy they're right like now. killing it out on the road. Um, I'm so so absolutely proud of them. Shout out, yeah, to Rags and Riches. Actually, got to yeah. talk to Tanner just the other night and catch up with him, and it was really cool. They're you know going to New York and doing all these big things, um, but they the amount of time and effort that they have to put in to what they're doing is insane they're they're literally working on their music eight hours a day like a full-time job yep. they're touring the country you know 50 dates in a row going on these big long runs and i was telling melissa like i'm so proud of them and there's a part of me that's like yeah I, I, there's a part of me that wishes i could be on stage more doing my stuff more and yeah and, and you know like getting in front of more crowds and that sort of thing but at the same time i'm not willing to put in what these guys are putting into it you know like it's I don't a want, lot of sacrifice that is so it's, much sacrifice and and it takes a certain kind of me mentality to be able to do that and i just am not willing to spend my life chasing that dream when I would rather, you know, build a life where I have more flexibility. I still get to do things that I love, but it may not stability. just stability. Yeah. It's, it's stability. It's kind of it. There's enough stability that satisfies it. And um, I totally agree with you, man. I really do. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't want to be on the road. I mean, anytime you have any sort of a stable something, you know, nowadays, it's gone. Yep. Nowadays, they're not on the road all like they used to be. I was yeah, talking yeah. to the guy who's in a, who used to be in a group. I don't know if you ever heard a group called Messengers mm -hmm. way back. They opened up for Journey back in the early 80s. Anyhow, this guy actually is the drummer of that group. Okay. And he works at the guardhouse. And his, we, we call him Hollywood. And <laughs> um, But anyhow, he opened up for Journey when they were doing those huge concerts. And he's happy the fact now that he's not on the road all the time because Man, when they called up and said, you're going on the road with us, we didn't have technology. No. We, we couldn't keep in, you know, you're we dropping quarters in the pay phones. Oh, wow. everybody. So when I left, I basically said goodbye to my girlfriend, gave her my dog. Mm. And we were on the road for eight months. Good grief. Gosh. And there was no, like, we're coming back through town every month. No. Yeah. <laughs> we started in the Northeast, Midwest, Northwest, down California, back through Texas. And you no, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm good. God, I, can't, <laughs> I cannot imagine eight months on the road. I used to do two week runs all the time. You know, we would right. go everywhere and just, you know, do about two weeks out, play a bunch of stops, but goodness, eight months. I would just, I, I think that would kill me. Well, I don't know that I can't. It. It's very similar in acting or in the film life. As Absolutely. You know, that was my dream. That was, I mean, since I was in school, since I was in high school. 
And um, I love acting. I love the, I love the behind the scenes. I love everything. I love theater actually a little bit more, but um, I love everything about it and being another character and making this character come to come to life. And it's just so um, something thrilling about it. And yeah, I, I got into it. I moved to LA. I was getting bigger roles, getting bigger parts. And then you kind of understand the more business side of it. And a lot of it is it that turns into your career, into your profession. And then yeah. you look at it as a career and it's no longer necessarily your passion anymore. Whereas right. now I can go and act, I can do commercials, I can do, you know, in, go to set whenever I want to on my time, on my terms, whenever I yeah. need to kind of get that little itch scratched. Oh, it's, say. it's, you know, it's great to keep things like that. And my dad used to say, call it a hobby. And I felt, man, that's a, you're talking down to what I do. Yeah. It's, right. it's very true. Paid. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, you know, I don't know if I told you guys, I, I worked on one movie in my whole life when I was out in California before I came back. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't tell us. <laughs> so a friend of uh, a good friend of our family, a guy named Keith Wester was what they call a location sound engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, the days of Lassie, Remington still hmm. all the way through. He worked with, uh, uh, Kevin Costner on Waterworld. He did black rain. He did Frankie and Johnny. Those are just some of the stuff he did. He did mm-hmm. a ton of things. And he got me a gig working on this after, remember the old CBS after school shows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. So I worked, uh, on one of those. He got me being what they call PA, as you know, that's yep. a gopher. Yep. And so I, they, I said, so, you know, what am I doing? And they said, well, you got to, you got to pick up the talent and take them to work and do what they need while they're on set. I'm like, yep. okay. So I went over and picked up Scott Bale and took him to work and found out that Henry Winkler was the, it was his first directorial thing was oh, wow. this after school thing. Oh, cool. And after a while, after like two days, Scott's like, it's not that far off. You don't mind if we pick up Hank and take him to work too, do you? No. <laughs> so for like eight weeks, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm taking these two guys to work and taking them home every day. Oh, nice. like, this was 1984. So happy days with just kind of curtailed. And it was really cool hanging out with these guys and finding out that Henry Winkler is like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, it's just so not the fonts. <laughs> this family loving guy and pick him up and his kids and his wife were out kissing him goodbye on the way out it was just like ozzy and harriet man yeah you should reach back out to them and say hey you remember me i oh my god i drove you i bet you (laughs) i bet you they would say what that's awesome i don't know how you get hold of henry winkler man that guy is (laughs) how tempted how tempted were you when you first saw henry winkler to be like hey no man <laughs> i was anything but that guy i was so shy about that type of stuff man I was, you know and it was really cool because they were talking about this one actress that if you watch dallas that's where she was and they said she's not just a real b on tv she's like that and it says after that show goes i guarantee you'll never hear from her again mm. and it was like oh wow holy mackerel she's gone yeah, yeah right. you yeah. can't. That is one thing you mm-hmm. cannot do in Hollywood. You cannot be a diva. Your career oh. will be shut down in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. We've seen some she people. Was. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, they have to use you continue to, they don't actually have to use you anymore. Now no. they can literally get AI to replace you, to do yes. your movements, to yeah. do your lines. And they yep. have your voice. They have everything about you. Yep. And they could be like, nah, nah, we're not using you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. one that's one thing as a musician that I always learned very, very early in the game. Uh, a lot of people will go into a venue and they'll be like, I'm here. Cater to me, you know, make make everything about me and the better sound perfect. And I want my uh, my all my I green like room stuff. Teddy bears in and my room. My only green M and M's. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> all, all the bull crap stuff that people walk in at. Yeah. And I've always been just the opposite. I walk into a place. I'm always very humble. I'm always very respectful. Yeah. Hey, what can I do to help you? Uh, you know, I try to bring everything I need so I'm not a burden on the audio the engineer and and yeah. just make sure that everything runs smoothly. And all the venues that I've ever played at have always appreciated that. And they ask me back and, you know, I've developed these good relationships and I, I, I don't understand the mentality that people get in their heads where like they make themselves self-important and then yeah. they, they walk around like they're better than everybody. You're just well, a person and that just happened to get a role. You know, you could be replaced like easily. Exactly. So personally. Narcissism, narcissism is a very ugly thing to come in contact with is all. Yes. I yeah. Say. Yes. And absolutely. Um, so I've dealt with that in the past anyways but yeah i get it man and it's have you ever put a band together put a Jesse what put you ever put a band together oh yeah yeah, yeah all right all so you got five guitar players wanting to get in the band right mm -hmm. and you only you want two you want a rhythm and you want a soloist and all you're looking for is hey the talent i need is here these all of them are here so which one is what which which two are the ones that are easy to work with? Exactly. Yes. And that's really what it comes down. I'll take less talent who can yep. play the gig yep. over yep. anybody who's the best player and is a pain to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. I hope I hope everybody's listening to this. Because <laughs> this goes this goes for everything. This is not just music. This is not just acting. This is everything. Absolutely. I will one hundred percent work with somebody who's easier to work with that's a little bit less talented yeah. than somebody who's brilliant but is just a piece of crap person. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really it, terrible to work with because yeah. at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all make mistakes. We're not perfect, and we have to right. give ourselves grace for that because we're, we're not. Mm -hmm. And and those those people who expect perfection from everyone and everything, you know, just need to slow down and take a step back and say, why, why is yeah. it? Why, why do you need perfection? You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's pointless. Yeah. yeah. But you know, in the tw about 20 years that I've been doing what I've been doing, I've fired, so to speak, four clients that I can think of off the top of my head over that period of time, because it was just you, you, some people you can't make happy. You know, yes. and, and in all yeah. relationships from marriage to business, Working there's a point or, yeah. when you no longer need to work together because there's no solution to the problems that they are giving you. Mm -hmm. And I've been through that and it's it it sucks, but it's the reality that um, everything we do, it's relationship based. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. So how they are perceiving you and how you perceive them. And then how you actually interact with each other. And that's so important. 
Yeah, we're we're really picky about who we work mm-hmm. with in Creative Global. Uh, we've turned down clients before that we just didn't feel like it was a good fit for us. People that we don't necessarily believe in their product or you know like whatever it may be. If if it doesn't line up, if we're not vibing together mm-hmm. and our vibrations are different and off, then we're not going to be able to sell them. Yeah, we're not going to be able to work with yeah. them effectively, yeah. and it's just going to cause us unbelievable amounts of stress. So we just we just assume not have the business and find people that are in our tribe that we can work with easier and yep. that will make our lives enhanced, not you know take, take away from us. Right. Yeah, looking for that honeymoon, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So speaking of honeymoon and celebrations and good times and good things, mm-hmm. this is actually our favorite part of the podcast because we want to celebrate you, Randy. And a oh. lot of times, a lot of people, they don't stop and celebrate their successes and the great things that are going through life. They just check off a goal and they keep going and keep plowing forward. So we want to stop and celebrate you. And we want to publicly celebrate any of your successes that you've had recently that you would like to celebrate here on the Reimagine Success Podcast. Well, one of the biggest things I would say, as you guys know, happened the other day. After all these years, I decided to try to put a subscription service, as some people will call it, or a Mm -hmm. monthly mentoring or however you want to call it. And what it, what I'm doing is I'm selling X amount of hours for a reduced price so that I will come in and, quote, touch their machines monthly. And then the same time they can build up some of that time for a project they know they're going to have. And mm-hmm. so by doing that, I'm getting into where I have residual income. Yes. And so what has happened for me, and it's got to be a win-win situation. And that's probably why I haven't done it for so long was I didn't want to get into a thing where, like we talked about earlier, where it was like, oh, my gosh, I got to go do this. or oh my, And mm-hmm. it's getting in the way of all my other clients. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm learning that it's a better way to do life because then I do have priorities as far as clients and those others that don't always call. They just have to wait for those that are other that are, people par- that are, right, doing that are members yeah. that that yeah. that feeds you and you feed them whenever they need it. That's great. That you know, that was one thing Jesse said, Hey, you need to get this to get into this. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. So it was what three, four weeks after that that mm-hmm. the first one quote domino fell. And now I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to get four or five or or ten of them here shortly, but um just have to see how the rest of this folds out. Yeah. But you got your yeah, first your membership first contract. Yeah. yeah, first contract's done, and it starts. Uh, matter of fact, what tomorrow, April first. Yeah, and that's exciting. Congratulations, that's exciting. So, so you did it. You put it in place. You made an action plan. You made a plan. You executed it, and it happened. Yeah. So here we go with manifest manifestation, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So well, we just got to keep going. Yeah. Absolutely. So Absolutely. N- now, part of our celebration, which you have to do with us, because we make all of our guests do this, we put our fingers in the air like this, and we rock from side to side like this, and we go. <laughs> you guys are definitely better pros than I am. <laughs> but it we is fun it. to celebrate. Yes. And yes. It, it makes you stop, celebrate everything, 
And you don't necessarily have to do that, but you need to stop and celebrate every little victory mm-hmm. that you have, big or small, even even taking that initial action plan, if you write it down, you're like, I just made my first contract. I just wrote my first contract. I just made the first plan of attack for Mm -hmm. a a membership plan or whatever it is that you're working on, whatever project. Mm -hmm. Stop and celebrate all of those successes because if you don't, you're just going to plow right through it. It's going to go by. And then at the end of the year, you're going to be like, I didn't do anything this year. But when you stop and you celebrate, it gives a mental image in your head and then yep. at the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh, man, how we did many so dances? much. We did it's so like many dances. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We, we take celebrating very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. Positive, <laughs> very positive bookmarks. So when you have positive bookmarks at the end, then you're going to look back and say, wow, I had an amazing year. When you don't, you're going to say, I just checked all these things off and just kept going. And you're yep. not going to remember all those. Yeah. So I oh, love yeah. it. I love like it. Ribbon, Thank you for celebrating like, with us. Like ribbon cuttings. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Randy got to be at our at our ribbon cutting yes. uh, last week, and it was so much fun. You know, getting to celebrate the opening of our new office space, and it yeah. was great having Randy and some of our other clients there. We were doing giveaways. It was such a good time. Yes, it was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming, Randy. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we um, um. So we want to say, what um, what's your final advice that you would like to leave with our listeners that they can take away a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of nuggets? I think the biggest thing about owning a company and and providing a service is really just to have faith in what you're doing mm. and knowing that it's going to pay off. You keep working on it, you know, still sharp and still. So, you know, take everything that comes as an objection in the beginning and turn it into, hey, this is just people that are helping me define what they want. Mm. And if people are telling you what they want, give it to them. Yes. yes. That's what we're all about. Yep. So don't see those objections as objections. Look at it as like, wow, okay, I never thought about that. Mm. So that's my piece as far as, yeah, entrepreneurial. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. You know, because really a no is just next opportunity and yeah. any objections is room for growth. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. That's so great. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. It's, it's been so been a lot yeah. of fun. Thanks. But yeah, it's thanks. been great. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for being in part of our community and part of our Creative Global family. Uh, we love you. We think the world of you. And we're so glad we get to share your story with everybody else. And if you need a- a- somebody to help with your IT issues, call mm-hmm. Rhino and he'll give it the horn. So, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so hit up Randy at, uh, and tell everybody where they can find you. Well, you can find me obviously on Facebook. You just search for Rhino Computer Services. Mm-hmm. Um, you can and go Instagram. to Instagram and Instagram, yeah. and and you can obviously have the website is Rhino Computer Services dot com, and obviously you can catch me on my cell. So awesome, yeah. fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Randy, for coming on Reimagine Success, and we will keep in. If you guys want to keep in touch, also you can head over to Creative Global. Uh, entertainment on any social media platform. We always do a lot of client spotlights, so you can always check Randy out there as well. Yeah, if you forget where to get in touch with him, reach out to us and we will definitely get you his information. Reach out with any of your IT needs and Randy will help them right away. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank All you right. for coming on. We'll talk Thanks to you for soon. having me. You All bet. Right, bye.
it's so cool to see how people can go from, you know, not like losing everything and being in a place where seemingly life is falling apart and then they turn it around and they build a business and now they have a life that they love and that they're just passionate about. I love that story. Yes, me too. Absolutely. And if you are in a place of uncertainty or times are changing and you feel like you're out of place um, that, you know, maybe your life has kind of gone a little bit upside down, then don't fret about it. Just remember it's how you perceive those moments and how you take actionable steps in order to get over that hump. We all go through valleys. We go through hills. We go through valleys. We go through shark pits. We go through <laughs> tornadoes. We go, we go through it all in life. And that's the, that's the part about experiences. It's about taking those experiences and turning it into something positive. Yeah. Remember, there's nothing good or bad in this world. Yeah. Everything is experience. You know, some things are harder. Yeah. Some things are better. Yeah. Some things are more fun. But everything that happens is going to teach you something. It's going to make you grow. It's and sometimes that it, the, growing sucks. Yeah. But growing is always good. Growing and, pains. Remember, it's yes. pain for a reason. But once you get over that and you get you get through it, then things are going to be so much beautiful on the other side, and you're going to be able to take those experiences and have them go with you the rest of your life. You can teach them. Uh, you can take those experiences and make them a lot better. So just remember challenges equals growth. Yeah. Always have a positive mindset when going into stuff. If something bad happens, just change your mindset and look at how you can grow from it. I know that's difficult sometimes, but if you do that, I promise your life will be so much more fulfilling, so much more enjoyable. Yes. So keep keep pushing, keep doing all of that. And if you like what you hear on this podcast and enjoy everything that you're getting, head over to creative, uh, patreon.com slash creative global and make sure you subscribe there for bonus content and for extra episodes and all kinds of goodies. Yeah. And, it helps support us yeah. and what we're doing in our mission. And don't forget to check out our episode last Thursday for a huge, huge announcement. Yes. So that's episode 22. So you don't want to miss that one. It's, it's really important to know what's going on and moving forward with us and everything that we're doing. So head back and listen to that episode. It's going to be a good time in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening all over the world. We seriously appreciate you and what you're doing. Uh, head over to our pages at Melissa Lee Ellen on any social media platform. At Music Jesse B, also on any social social media platform. Yes. <laughs> And, and see what we're up to. We also started a brand new page that is really behind the scenes of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it is the honeymoon marriage. So make sure you head over there. Follow that. Yeah, we're on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. So yeah. check it out. So with that, this is a creative global podcasting production. Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore, and don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginedsuccesspod at gmail.com and let us know what your successes are. Head over to patreon.com slash creativeglobal for bonus and behind-the-scenes content. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginedsuccesspod.com or your favorite podcast streaming platform. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success.